G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Before I was born, my parents had a daughter, and my dad idolized her. Tragically, she became sick and died before her first birthday. My parents tried to have another daughter, but ended up with four sons instead, of which I was the third. My dad was heartbroken. I never knew what he was like before my sister died, as I wasn't born then. But members of my family say that he went through a personality change after her death. Before she passed away, he loved to socialise and was a happy, outgoing person. After she died, he hardly ever went out of the house, apart from going to work. The relationship between my dad and my brothers and me was awful. We were subjected to much emotional bullying and many physical beatings. On one occasion, my brother was getting a beating that never seemed to end. Eventually, the next-door neighbour knocked on the door and told my dad, to stop before he went too far. I remember lying awake at night after a beating, thinking to myself that he wasn't really my dad. I couldn't imagine that a father would ever treat his own child that way. I never had one meaningful conversation with my dad. I feared him. Now I thought long and hard about sharing these details of my upbringing. I believe that we are to honour our parents. However, I now understand that this does not mean that we're obligated to justify or deny wrong behaviour on their part. That kind of denial doesn't ultimately help anyone. I know I have forgiven my father. The reason I share these things is because I can testify for sure that God heals the brokenhearted. There is recovery in Christ for those who have been rejected. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And welcome to Set Free with author and pastor Ken Legg. And this week we're looking at something we all have to deal with, rejection. And Ken, you've titled this one Rejecting Rejection. As we've just heard, it's something that you've had to do personally uh, in your own life. And I'm sure that this will be a real help to others who are struggling with unresolved issues in this area in their lives. And it's one thing to talk about these things theoretically, but there's nothing like experience to substantiate the help and counsel that we can give, is there? Yeah, that's right. Uh, The reality of rejection is probably much greater than what we realize, Phil. Mm. Uh, In fact, we in our church run an identity-driven life recovery program. And on one occasion, uh, we were going through some training with our leaders. And I asked them the question, how many of you come from dysfunctional families? And you know what? Seven out of eight said that they did. Wow. So an identity-driven life recovery program. I guess we'll unpack what that means a little later, but it's interesting that you say that about dysfunction. How would you define that, though? Well, let's begin by saying that God instituted the family as an environment for personal and social developmental growth. Individuals were meant to be established with a sense of security and well-being within the family. And, of course, that would equip them eventually to confidently face all other relationships. Mm -hmm. So a family which makes provision for these basic developmental needs is referred to as a functional family. And one that doesn't is called a dysfunctional family. So let's just kind of summarize some of the characteristics of both family types. There's just three that I would um, um, just highlight at this stage. Mm -hmm. In a functional family, first of all, there's interaction. 
That's the first thing. There's uh, the family is interrelational and does things together. For example, so meals and, yep, and meals, going out and having fun, yeah, outdoors, yeah. recreation, stuff like that. That sort of thing. It's an environment where uh, relational skills, if you like, are developed by that interaction. Okay. What's the okay. second one? Second thing is that there's mutual respect and support. So when one member, for example, is going through a difficult time, they receive unconditional love and effective support from the other family members. Mm. And the third thing is that there's wholesome communication. Now, I think this is an important thing. Each member is actually encouraged to express their feelings, their thoughts, and actually reach out when they have needs without fear of rejection. And uh, as their feelings are expressed, uh, when they're appropriate, of course, they're acknowledged, uh, affirmed, and responded to with practical advice. Now, I think all of us would say to some level we can identify with having experienced some of those things. Yeah. But I can hear there's a lot of people saying, you know what, my family just isn't like that. Yeah. Maybe they're a little dysfunctional. So I'm, I'm guessing that dysfunction is the opposite of those things. The exact opposite. For example, um, a dysfunctional family is disconnected. Uh, individuals mainly live independently of each other. Yeah. Uh, they've never learned to interact. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is they don't really have a program or a strategy for solving problems and supporting one another. Um, sometimes actually turn on one another, you know, so yeah. it can be quite a, a damaging thing. And then thirdly, and this is a big one, there's not much communication in a dysfunctional family. Family members are not allowed or even encouraged to express how they feel about themselves or their circumstances. So if they've got no means of processing their feelings, then they tend to just bottle them up. They shut down emotionally, and uh, this often leads them to turning to other coping me- mechanisms, such as forms of addiction or destructive behaviour. Mm. You know, so let's just summarise by saying a dysfunctional family operates as separate units, whereas a functional family as a unity. Mm. Uh, secondly, a dysfunctional family practices emotional suppression. A functional family encourages emotional expression. And then thirdly, in a dysfunctional family, members are not supported, but in a functional family, each member is supported and learns to support one another. Mm. It's pretty clear then that uh, the way a child is brought up is going to be fairly significant in the way that they're impacted, if you like, to, in their development and the way they integrate into society. And we're talking about rejection this week, and I guess we can say that the roots of rejection are usually found in a dysfunctional upbringing. Is that a fair comment? I think it's a very good comment. Um, The dysfunction, if you like, of the human family, I would say, has caused rejection to be a major problem in our society today. See, God designed that we should receive love, protection, and care Mm, in the family. So every newborn child that's born is totally defenseless. I mean, it actually depends upon every family member to surround it uh, with love and protection. Now, Whenever there's a breakdown in the human family or the family unit doesn't function as it was intended to, then there is, as you say, significant emotional and personality impact mm. uh, in the lives of the children involved. Yeah, we see that. We're involved with uh, foster children uh, a little bit, and we see mm. that very much, and it's a real tragedy. Yeah, you know, psychologists tell us, Phil, that um, basically there are three needs that a child has for normal development, and they are acceptance, affection, and affirmation or approval, if you like. And, mm. and a lack of any of those three things will be interpreted by the child as rejection and will usually result in personality or relational struggles later on in life. So, you know, as you say, the, the emotional environment that a child grows up in 
has a direct bearing upon how that child will develop in terms of personality and his or her ability to relate to others. child that's brought up in a loving atmosphere and home uh, will usually face all future relationships with security and confidence. Uh, the philosophy, of course, there is, well, my family loved, loved and valued me, so I must be a person of value, a person of worth. So a child who has felt rejection during childhood will grow up to be defensive, fearful and suspicious concerning future relationships. Mm, and we see a lot of dysfunctional behaviour is learned where you know, the generation of the parents will no doubt bring up their children the same way and on and on it goes. I'm sure if parents of today were given the skills, things could be different. They don't have to repeat the past. What advice would you offer to them uh, who themselves came from a dysfunctional family? Well, I think the best thing to say would be to try to establish interrelational communication and activities in the home. Uh, That may mean, for example, sitting down and discussing with the family uh, a strategy, for example, for problem solving. How are we going to solve problems? We're going to we're going to, we're in this together. You know, we want to know what you're going through. So, so bring it to the table and, and let's look at this together and let's work together as a family and support one another uh, during times when you're going through difficulties. And then as another thing I would say would be to encourage creative ways of establishing an environment of healthy communication. Uh, now, by that, I mean an environment in which every member is free to express their feelings and their thoughts. Now, that's not going to happen automatically. So it's something that has to be kind of planned and discussed. And uh, there's a transition moving away from the non-communication into the, the open communication environment. Our subject this week, rejecting rejection. And we'll have more for you tomorrow. In the meantime, don't forget, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.